What's good, Internet? Welcome to Session 94 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I'm your stand-in host and all-around stand-up guy, Joel DeWitt. Actually, this week you can call me the T-Blade Master. No exceptions, Getty. With me this week is special guest and friend of the show, Alec Parks. Thanks for biting the bullet here, Alec. Thanks, Joel. You will find I am basically the new powerhouse of this podcast. I can also cook a variety of dishes. Good, good. Uh, we've established this is a competition of who will be staying. Let's bring in the other normal co-host of the show, Eric Getty Gettinger. Getty, only one of you gets to stay after this episode. Joel, I'll leave right now if you ask me to. Nice try. Nice try. No one gets a Christmas break this year. Oh. No, no bonus either. Oh. <laughs> what about the Jelly of the Month Club? It's a gift that keeps on giving. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I I didn't see that movie until like four years ago, oh and I God. realized like how much I missed out on my childhood being able to. Have oh that yeah, as a and he's from the Midwest. He's like from the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, that movie. Yep, so, yeah, all takes oh, yeah. place in Chicago. Oh yeah, yep. And it was, it was back in those days where like they would show a suburban, for you know, like normal family house, and it'd be like a mansion. Oh yeah, <laughs> kind of, like Home yeah. Alone. Uh, anyway. Uh, this week, we're going to do some hardcore parkour and early adopters, dig deep in the backlog blog, and round it out with a special bonus segment. But first, early adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and games where you're not able to control your ship. Oh, God, we're going to crash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a little bit more of a differentiation. Uh, there, man overboard! Yeah. No, I mean, th- this is, you know, you want to talk to Alex about being the Brick Tamlin of just, uh, or a... Uh, the Ron Burgundy of just uh, reading it through. Uh, I, I've got the I've got the vocal range of a uh, a. Uh, of course, I can't bring up an example. Oh well. Uh, so let's move forward with early adopters. <laughs> uh, since we brought up the subject, let's start with Blastius. Uh, who wants to take it? Let's go with Getty. <laughs> I like how you didn't you just like pass the buck. All right. Yeah, you know, the thing I learned is that if I give people a chance to choose, nobody will speak up. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> the normal. volunteer victim standpoint. Yeah. Voluntold. Unless somebody's really trying to impress you. Uh, Blastius. So it is, and I'm probably going to need some help describing it here because you know I'm trash at this. Uh, it's a 2D reminiscent of man, I want to say Galaga, but it's side-scrolling. Uh, you know, uh, the one I thought of, uh, Gradius? Yes, Gradius. that's what it is. Okay. Gradius. I, I, I or R-Type. Yeah, R-Type's another one, yeah. But, like, these shooters, I've got limited experience. I think the last one I really played was, like, a Game Boy one. <laughs> but uh, don't hunt Jetty. Yeah, uh, the color palette is pretty simplistic. It's very, uh, very beta. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a proof of concept at, at this point, but... Uh, the mechanic of the game is that you have a fire button and you don't really control the movement of the ship outside of using a dash. So your regular thrusters are broken and all you can do is try and kick it into overdrive. So there's a lot of like flying back and forth and trying to avoid shots as they come in. Um, and uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I had a lot of fun because the game shows off what you could do with a, a number of different bosses. So you have to get more creative than just shooting the boss in the face. You have to crash your ship in, into his mm-hmm. nose and his eye. Mm-hmm. 
what I actually really enjoyed about some of the boss mechanics, or didn't, depending upon how it goes with it, is uh, that second or third boss where it's the eye just shooting up straight in the sky. Yeah. I got my ship stuck under him. Ooh. So I, there was no, no hitbox for him or anything, and I had to pop myself out once he stopped shooting. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, you know, the movement is interesting in that it, it is just these hard line thrusts. So, like, you, you can't slowly glide or anything. It's it's a hard, like, well, like uh, three or four inch on the screen jump each time. And, and it's not only used as movement, but it's also your dodge mechanic. So, like, so many of these bosses and enemies are shooting little bullet hell, like, uh, balls at you. Some of these bosses, they're doing, like, huge laser beams and stuff. And it, it is it is an evasive remover as much. Um, evasive maneuver as much as it is uh it could be an evasive remover too uh but i i kind of dug to that like it's interesting how you know removing as much agency in in your movement free form kind of gets an interesting like strategic sense of it too uh and thankfully the projectiles were not so frequent that it was impossible to move around stuff uh what do you guys think about the aesthetic here? Like the visually, it reminded me of uh, Downwell. If you played that a lot, a lot of like black, whites, reds, uh, very plain that way. I was gonna say Undertale. Yeah, Under- Undertale. But <laughs> yeah. it also it, it, uh, it accentuated it really well with that color palette. Mm. Uh, so something to point out is that this the what we played was from a game jam. Yes. And game jams are typically a limited amount of time that you have to create your game. Right. And so this was probably, I haven't looked exactly at what the GMTK GMTK Game Jam 2020 was, but it probably was a 48 hour or a week long game jam. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, for for that range of time, it's a solid proof of concept. And it all ran well. Uh, I'm not sure if I love the fact that the keys were bound to the mouse. Uh, I mean, I guess my main point would be like, I would find sometimes that the shooting would be tough to navigate as well with the, the dodging and and thrust jump stuff. Uh, partially because you were dealing with the mouse in one hand and one finger and, and the other one being the shoot. And, uh, I'm not sure how you would bind it though, because it, it seems like it is set up explicitly for that. So I'm, I'm not sure if there'd be a good workaround, something like that. You know, as somebody who mostly plays with the controller, I still didn't mind it too much. The actual way it handled. My big problem was that I can't count how many times I accidentally clicked out of the window. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so maybe maybe we need a full screen mode yeah. in order to prevent us from doing that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a great proof of concept. I, I think it's a very complete idea that was executed in a interesting way. And, and the bosses did have a bit of variety and were interesting. And, and like you said, Daddy, some of them required you to really bash into them. Other ones were just dodging and picking your pot shots at a given moment notice. Did you guys both complete this? I did complete it. The last boss, actually, I died a couple of times on. 
Me too. Me yeah, too. He but wasn't like, so bad though. Once you got the timing down, it was yeah because the movement was a uh, a lot more uh, intense. There, he was doing a lot more. Uh, his shots were probably tracking it more than anything else in the game. So yeah. it, w- it was a little tough, but I I definitely found it uh, an appropriate challenge for a game like this. Yeah, it, it was definitely more user error on my part. Like the, it, it was it was challenging, but I was trying to cut the dodge a little too quickly, and you know you got a haircut by doing that. So yeah, I, I would always try to uh, hit the do- time the dodge and that track shot right so that I would hit him, but oftentimes I wound up bouncing off of him and back into the shot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It, 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 that that blowback you don't always anticipate when you're when you're bumping into them like that. Um, no, but, yeah. but that so we you talked about the movements and really this feels like pinball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in a way, yeah, I can that's, see it being pinball. Yeah, 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 just don't don't have the uh, the light ups or the the ridiculous high score numbers. <laughs> oh, there definitely were light ups, just maybe not the good kind. <laughs> You know, I, I I want to see a continue system for a video game like pinball does. It, you know, you, you never win, but it always gives you the impression that you have a chance at it. Always got a chance. <laughs> okay, uh, do we have anything else to say about Blastius? No, no. it feels pretty good. Yeah, it, it was I, a short and sweet experience. I do like this developer. I think I'm going to uh, take the time and actually follow them on itch. All right. All right. Uh, So next, let's jump over to Alec. Why don't you take the lead on this one? Uh, Tell us about Guinea Pig Parkour. Oh, Guinea Pig Parkour. So it's a platformer where you play a caffeinated guinea pig. Named Joe. Story. (laughs) Specifically (laughs) named Joe. Specifically named Joe. Uh, they, it, it's a pre in pre alpha right now, the demo that we got to play yeah. and it does a nice job of walking you through, uh, the mechanics of the game and then setting you up to go through the next couple of stages. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it, but man, it brought out how much I don't play platformers. <laughs> oh yeah i experienced the same thing like the first couple of uh tutorial levels were pretty pretty straightforward and then when it started to get to like the jump where you have to run and then immediately stop and hit the the other direction um mm, that's, that's where i started jump. that's where i started to run into like uh and i played it on keyboard and mouse i thought about playing it with a controller but i was too lazy in this case <laughs> So I've still got my OG 360 key, uh, controller hooked up to my computer at all times. And I played on that. It went through. It was actually pretty well handled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think con- controllers key to playing this game. I, I I feel bad for you, Daddy, that you ah, sort of did that. I mean, no. you, you made your choices. I mean, you have to line your own bed with that. But, oh, I made uh, the choice of playing this game. And let me tell you, this game looks fantastic. And it, oh, yeah. it was so reminiscent to just my childhood. Old school cartoons. 
Especially I, with the marquee looking, or the title card looking a lot like uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Yes, I was going to say it has a real Rocco's Modern Life vibe. Even the backdrop had that like uh, pur- purple with all the squiggly lines and, and white and stuff. And all of it was a very 90s vibe. Even with you starting the game, it, it starts with this sort of like tape recorder kind oh, of look. Yeah. And as it's loading, yeah. it's got like the fuzzy tape stuff. And uh, the levels were... Oh, the level was all that way too. I, I don't know what their plans long term are, but I, I the style I really dug. And, and Joe, he is so fluid looking as he's running around and jumping and See, stuff. And the fluid feeling and the the way the levels and everything looked, it actually made me think more of Earthworm Jim than yes. anything else. Yeah, and, and that's that's a good point too. Just what I was going to say is that. This felt very much like a Sega Genesis platform. Yep. You know, it's it's not slick and smooth uh, like Mario. It's not blisteringly fast like Sonic. But like, you think about Earthworm Jim's a good example. Uh, Rystar, if you either oh, yeah. of you played that, because there are those parts in Rystar where you have to like grab poles and then fling yourself about, and this had some of that too. Uh, it, it's definitely more towards that, not like crawling slow but it's it's a little slower paced and, and it's that collectathon kind of thing because he has a meter in the corner as you're playing where his caffeine levels going down and his profile just disappears more and more if you run out i don't know if you guys experience any like dying from that but it, it uh I it's definitely of a certain type see it go down i think i must have completed the levels too quick must have been too good. Must yeah, have been too so I realized after the second stage that there's way more coffee than you need oh, yeah. to actually beat the level. <laughs> That's probably why. If you're going too slow, you're going to have to collect more caffeine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, I mean, there was almost so much, so many mechanics in this game that it made me wonder like how you could keep track of it a little bit because like they would have the running uh they would have the sort of roll going on like you said there were climbing segments where you could sort of wall run uh they showed like a backflip uh a different kick type and uh it, it just it was like they were trying to mario 64 this shit <laughs> it was like this is only 2d space guys <laughs> yeah so i think that a lot of those extra mechanics are going to come in because if you watch the uh, trailer for it, it um, has bosses and everything as well. So I think that's where you're going to see more of those mechanics be necessary. Right. Yeah, and it's also fair to mention here, this is this is very much a proof of concept. It's not a full demo. Like, they, they made these worlds and platforming challenges throughout, I think, just to show how the actual movement and climbing and uh, platforming works. But there weren't any enemies, for no. one. Uh, there were no gaps or uh, traps or things that could hurt or kill you. And I suspect that'll change. Even as you get later into the levels, they tell you explicitly, like, this is a proof of concept move. And then instead of showing the full Joe, it shows, like, his little outlines and and grid lines on the character as you're doing the the motion because it's unfinished animation, right? Yeah, I saw that more on the, uh, like, the roll and everything that popped up. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... 
I'm interested in this game. I'm I'm really interested. I, I think I, I'm hopeful that he can produce this into a really high quality 2D platformer uh, once he gets towards closer to the finish line. And it did say that there's going to be more full fledged demo coming out sometime. So uh, I personally want to revisit this sometime. Definitely one to keep an eye out for. Oh, definitely. I I wish listed it on Steam. Uh, yeah. It'll depend on the price point, but uh, I'll keep an eye on it, absolutely. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and like you said, I understand that uh, platforming is not your <laughs> taste, Alec, but uh, it, it's definitely in my wheelhouse. So, yeah, I uh, Getty, good good couple choices this week on, on betas. Yeah, I, have, I really had to turn it up since we don't have Alex here, so I wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity <laughs> to have fun this week. Instead yeah. of making it feel like a punishment, <laughs> video game punishment. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, Alex has a very... Uh, Say eclectic. He, he, he has a taste. <laughs> You're not supposed to taste your co, uh, co-hosts. It's too late. <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what's worth, tasting your co-host or uh, tasting a Switch cartridge? Still haven't done it. Pro- I mean, it probably co-host, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think I'd rather have the bitterant there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was a refreshing taste of the '90s and '80s, if I say so myself. Come on, Daddy, really? <laughs> what a what a blast! What, what a blast! Yes. yes. <laughs> uh. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, news. I hope you'll kiss me under the mistletoe I mailed to you two weeks ago via USPS. That's just wholesome. See? Yeah, it's it's just a sort of nice, like, you know, not aggressive, not uh, too pushy, and also well, Especially delayed. with the way USPS has yeah, been delivered. Especially delayed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we've been an extra delivery year for obvious reasons. We've been an uh, extra lot of stuff year. Extra lot of stuff year. Absolutely. So, uh, welcome back, everybody. Time for the news. Uh, not all the news, just the stuff that I scraped off the barrel like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Something we found that seemed interesting? Yes. Uh, Daddy, you, you had the first one here. I guess there's oh. some news about Destiny. No, it's not news about Destiny. It's news about oh, the, oh, uh, that's right. the yeah. United States Space Force and how they're naming their soldiers Guardians. But <laughs> then the Destiny 2 Twitter account... Uh, after the announcement, went back on the tweet from the government, the U.S. government, mm-hmm. and they were like, almost like it's our destiny. <laughs> so definitely definitely trolling them a bit there. I uh, well, uh, Didn't they lose a like copyright infringement, uh, the Space Force, with uh, Netflix because of the Stephen Carell movie? Uh, the TV show, and it's because they, uh, the, I guess the TV show had 
copywritten it beforehand like it's <laughs> so stupid that you would have this idea and create this agency or this government branch but then not copyright it well well more bizarre that like they couldn't just like strong arm netflix and be like come on come on guys netflix come is a on. powerhouse right <laughs> they are going to be the television and movie industry eventually they, they will be the assimilation <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I know people made fun of Space Force when it was announced, but, like, isn't that just logical that we would have a military branch to deal with space? If we had stuff in space, yes. Remember, it's the International Space Station. It's not... Maybe we do have stuff in space, and we just don't know it. Well... I think we should no, be no, more worried about... they declassified that all this year. Yeah. <laughs> worry about the stuff here, and then maybe <laughs> maybe we'll worry about the stuff. I, I'm still waiting for them to figure out a way to turn me into a robot, so... Maybe I... Space Force is just janitorial. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of garbage up there to clean up. <laughs> uh, did you guys hear about that story where it was some sort of former Israel... Uh, government members saying that aliens do exist they communicate regularly with the world governments and basically they haven't shown themselves because we haven't shown that we're ready to (laughs) handle aliens that's messed up i mean there's a lot of theory around some of that uh where like they're monitoring us just as much as we're trying to find proof of them and they see the stupid shit that we do yeah (laughs) Like, no, nah, I won't touch that with a parsec. <laughs> we, I mean, we're, let's be honest. We're, we're ants to any extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial that exists anyway. But, uh, I, you know, it's, it's kind of fascinating when that kind of stuff comes out and you're like, well, is he some crackpot? Or, like, is there some weird vein of truth? Or is, something, or is it some sort of, like... Uh, Stuff that's just being thrown out there to distract from something else. But I like to imagine that we're like the number one podcast of, you know, Mechlar's planet or I don't even. None of this makes sense. I mean, Mass Effect is basically a documentary, right? Yeah. Well, uh, now. Wait, you yeah. mean it's not? <laughs> Actually, if you have right. seen the opening of Destiny, the original opening of Destiny, Joel, you probably did. Uh, that's kind of why. Like, I feel like this is a huge joke mm-hmm. because the opening, like they land, it's three astronauts and they land on Mars and that's right. when the traveler and then all of the, the stuff starts. But yeah, it's like, this is painful for me. As long as we don't wind up with a watcher or something. <laughs> you gotta take the dirt with the bad. You know, it's just, just the way it is. I just want the good. Give me the goods. <laughs> Alec, if this year has taught you anything, there is no good. <laughs> there, there's bad, and then there's less bad. <laughs> that, yeah, that is, yeah, that is the range we operate yeah. under. That's the yeah. timeline we find ourselves in. Especially on this podcast. <laughs> Almost exclusively on this podcast. I mean, I'm not like 50 episodes behind. Well, I mean... That you and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it, a lot of it came from this year. I'm not commuting, so I don't have my regular podcast time. Right, right. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. I 
I used to be a big listener to podcasts, and now it's like I'll I'll get a sliver of one here and there. Yeah, I mean uh, my commute my commute went from uh, ninety minutes to thirty seconds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, you like KFC? Oh, who doesn't love? Whatever that stuff that they bred. I still have not watched the Colonel Sanders movie. I feel like a bad human for. Is that out? Completely forgot about that. Oh man, it was out like two weeks ago. I want to say. We should have a watch party or something. Oh yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's not Mario Lopez. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh Mm -hmm. Mm Uh-huh. Facial hair looks so bad. I mean, honestly, they they got a whole vibe going between that and I love you, Colonel Sanders. I I, I was telling uh, Ramos the other day, you know, Burger King really, like, was 10 or 15 years too early with the kind of absurd, crazy marketing campaign they had back when, like, they did the Creepy King and the video game tie-ins. The and video then, games were actually pretty good. Yeah, they, they were not bad at all for video, like, for marketing stuff. Oh, well, okay, the concept behind them was like ridiculous, but the gameplay was pretty decent. Like it was Untitled Goose Game. Yep, yeah, I, I I remember uh, some nights at Apartment Eleven. Dzat had an Xbox 360, I think, and he, we got Snake King. Like we <laughs> went to Burger King exclusively to get it. Is it was something else. Uh, and then like the uh, when they had the chicken fries. Uh, I remember distinctly the commercials. They had some sort of like Slipknot mock band <laughs> doing like a, a, a metal chicken fry song. It's just, just wild stuff. Uh, anyway, I bring all this up to say that uh, as their newest marketing stunt, KFC is going to make a video game console, guys. Now, I looked at it. Does that really count as a console or is it just a computer? I Are they Dell? I think it's a computer. Well, well, what, what isn't a computer now? Well, so consoles, <laughs> you cannot open it up yourself and replace any of the parts except for maybe a SSD. Well, yeah. But like, so I, the kind of, it's a weird line there, but you can replace the graphics card on this thing. You can replace the hard drive on it. It's, yeah. it seems like more of a computer. That yeah, it, you can put your greasy chicken in. It it, it is a gaming PC. It, it looks like some sort of cylinder thing. I'm not sure I would trust it to put my chicken in. What? I feel like there's I feel like there's some concerns with uh maybe the the motherboard getting too spicy. Uh <laughs> Well, that's why you got to get the extra crispy kind. <laughs> well, Joel, what kind of uh processor are you rocking right now in your computer? Hell if I know. <laughs> it's oh. been so it's been so long since I built this thing. I don't know. Really? I know it runs it runs indies just fine. <laughs> and, there you go. That's what you need. And, and the four or five year old uh, PC games. I'll tell you, I switched to an AMD, and that thing gets yes. That thing gets hot. It oh toasty. really? Yeah. Yeah. What what, yeah. what you running, Getty? Stuff. What I mean? <laughs> what, what processor? <laughs> I, it's. Hold on, that toolbar isn't up right now. I gotta see. See, you can't. You can't give me shit if you don't remember either. Come on. <laughs> what? I, what, do you not know like WinR DX DIAG? 
while you're looking that up, Daddy, I'm, I'm going to pull up some bullet points from this crazy console. Uh, it can do 4K and 240 FPS, which is like on par, if not a little better, than PS5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, it's done Intel NUC 9 Extreme Compute Element, which houses an Intel Core i9-9980HK processor, uh, a swappable GPU. Like you said, Alec, you can upgrade it. It's a computer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, it, I mean... You just the, described the a computer. The, the, <laughs> thank you. The, the big feature is the, the chicken warming tray, which, like... If you're not putting Popeyes in there, then what are you even doing? Uh, See, Popeyes doesn't have enough sides for me. They're, I'd rather go for the KFC chicken because they have better sides. Well, you're not going to pop some coleslaw in there. <laughs> it's, it's for the chicken. Well, yeah, but if I'm going to get food, I'm not going to two chicken places. Well, maybe. Uh, uh, you're, you're blowing my mind here. I... <laughs> just the the chicken the chicken's a priority for me like you, yeah. you got you got to have the good centerpiece of chicken uh and no no amount of good coleslaw and biscuits and you know i just i miss bojangles <laughs> i i miss i miss north carolina they they had some good food so you miss the and chicken you, not uh, I, I, necessarily the rest of the Barbecue, no barbecue. Barbecue <laughs> is the big. I look. There, there's a reason why I am 25 pounds lighter living in Illinois, <laughs> and it's not just because of an effort to lose weight. <laughs> Joel, because... you remember the time it snowed there, and you sent us pictures? It was just like a slope of a hill, and like 15 cars crashed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now you get. You know, last year we had another snow Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North Carolina is one of the many, one of the states in the United States where they did an inch of snow and everybody freaks out. And part of it is that they, of course, don't have the equipment to handle it. But number two, their roads are long and winding and, and circular, and they've got up and down hills, and nobody knows how to drive there. So everybody takes it creepingly slow up the hill and then slides back down. <laughs> I, I, I live like... 10 blocks away from my work took me three hours that day to get home I believe because I was stuck behind a line wild oh, wild geez. stuff I, uh, I, it didn't even take me that long when we had the really bad snowstorm to get from from my house to Rosemont mm, it probably mm. took me like an hour and a half and that's like 20-ish miles on on 90 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, see the, when we've had some of the bad ones going down 53 to get home it's uh taken me in the neighborhood an hour and a half and it's mm. usually a 25 30 minute ride yeah you, you guys are in a more well you're in a well populated area you, too so you like could have walked it no I, that's what i ended up doing like i got to the bottom of the hill before the incline uh, towards my home and like people were just slide going up sliding back like taking turns failing to go up this hill uh, and i parked my car on the side and i was like fuck this i'm just gonna come back later and then like Later that night, they finally got the plow around there, so I was able to just easily take it back <laughs> they home. They finally but... found a plow. It was just a guy on a sled that went down the hill. <laughs> Some guy with his manual snowblower. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one of my favorite parts of that whole experience was that uh, I got home later that day, and I pulled up Reddit, 
mistake number one. And <laughs> then what I see is a photo from someone else in North Carolina on one of the main stretches of highway. And it was just a photo of the stretch of cars all sort of like littered between the road, the ditches, all over the place. There was a car on fire at yeah. the, the, the end of the road. <laughs> it's just chaos. Like the, these people do not know how to handle snow. But uh, lots of things I miss about North Carolina. That's that's not one of them. Uh, but that that was your news about uh, shameless marketing. That was somehow our KFC, KFC update here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Alec, you, you brought this one to the table and it's an interesting one. So, uh, there's some details about as part of the COVID relief package, our, our government has done wonderful things and slid in some sort of, uh, rules saying that streaming can be considered a felony. Yeah. So the big idea behind this was that currently streaming things illegally without a license that you're not supposed to uh that can be trade uh copyright or trademark infringement i think just copyright uh infringement uh has such a severe uh, such a low penalty compared to other forms of uh these copyright infringements Mm -hmm. and so they were trying they worked with the um one of, one of the offices to kind of figure out how, what their recommendations were for this. And they didn't have a solution to not get people to do it, but instead said, you know, let's make it a felony like other infringements. Yeah. And everybody's just flipping their shit, assuming that now you can't stream video games at all anymore. Mm-hmm. And this largely, uh, there's an excellent um, analysis from a copyright attorney that we'll put in the show notes that that's not really who it's targeted to. And you can always find a lawyer who wants to be extremely litigious and could try to go after video game streamers. Yeah. But largely this is focused on like uh, there was somebody who streamed uh, a f- boxing fight on Twitch but while holding a controller. <laughs> yeah. To that was one of my favorite game. stories. Right. So that guy would have been on um, would have been on for felony copyright infringement. Yeah. I, what about streaming it, a, a live award show as you talk over it? I mean, it depends uh, on what Papa Keely wants. It, it depends on... Wh- so, it depends. Okay. If it's uh, a market substitute... Like, th- it goes through a bunch of these things. Uh, the, there's another one that... Uh, from the same uh, YouTuber who goes over kind of where fair use and everything goes into it. and um, something uh, Part of it is criticism and transformative works. Yeah. are considered fair use. But if this is a streamed awards show that you have to pay to attend or watch, you're probably going over a line and could still get paid. But if it's like, you know, the Oscars that anybody can just turn on Channel 7 and watch, uh, you're still 
probably shouldn't do it, but less likely okay. to. I was I was asking for a friend, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> a friend, yes, friend of the I, show, I, Alex Arona. Yeah, I, I kind of assume that this is more about like the people who own bars and don't pay for the the commercial license to run like pay per view events or uh, UFC fighting matches and stuff. But uh, I, I've always gotten the sense that. The personal streaming stuff is kind of a murky area when it comes to liability and content ownership. Alec, like you mentioned, like the the idea of fair use is built around the idea that if you make it transformative from what the original product is, then it's then basically a new product by that transitive property. But I just uh. You have to wonder, because, like, Nintendo is really bad at uh, bringing people's content down if you post stuff with copyrighted music or or things like that. They also had it for a while where they almost, I think, I forget what it was, but there was something where you had to become, like, part of their streaming oh, yeah, program. The, the content and, creator program. Right, and but, the, like, part of the deal was that they wanted profit sharing <laughs> through all of that. And so, yeah, like, they backed off of that pretty quick. But, but I mean, they're notorious about hating online, basically, and, and punishing anybody who wants to use their product online. But I, I've, I've always gotten the sense that as, as streaming becomes more commercialized and monetized, uh, you sort of wonder where certain companies might start clamping down on it if they feel like it's taking away from their money-making potential. And that's the big thing is if it's taking away from their money making potential, it probably, I mean, I am not a lawyer. This is not Mm. legal advice. Consult your own (laughs) lawyer before doing anything that might be breaking the law. I don't think they're going to go after like bars and stuff like you brought up, Joel. It just, some of those people are going to show up, but they probably wouldn't have paid for it anyway. You're not talking a significant loss. Mm-hmm. What they're going to go after are people who upload that to Twitch, to YouTube, to watchjoesfights.com and is using their own pay-per-view to stream it to the rest of the internet. Yeah, I mean, or like uh, you see some streams where they're doing NFL games, you, yeah. you know, because they regionalize that stuff so much to where... It, like when I lived in North Carolina, you should mostly see the Panthers play, but the Bears were rarely a team that entered the the television airwaves there. So I don't know I, whether or not to feel pity for you. <laughs> well, well, thankfully I'm not a diehard fan of sports. I, I I'm a casual watcher, and uh, I got to live with Richard and Dzak during the. Uh, um, Grossman years oh. <laughs> and, and and the one Super Bowl that we've lived to see, but yeah, it uh, yeah I I I get that people are very hard lined about how they view these things, especially if you're like part of an organization that is all about sort of protection of free use of some of the stuff. But uh, I think I think the most disgusting part about this to me is that they they snuck it into a covid relief bill yeah that's that's kind of <laughs> crappy i i'm it sucks that they you know snuck in this like five thousand page 
act into the COVID bill and man is Congress messed up. But yeah, uh, I, I don't think it's worth actually freaking out over this. Well, and, and really time, time will tell. And the truth is uh, not to be nihilistic, but we, we have no control over. <laughs> we don't. So. But I mean, if they do, that would like completely gut fair use for it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. And I think, I think there are enough powerhouses that are hinged on streaming and the ability to stream stuff that it would be challenging for them to unwind that. I, I think in some ways the twitches of the worlds, uh, the YouTubes of the world has Facebook made it, life. It's all made uh. it too hard to unwind it entirely. Like they can, they can, auto mute stuff based on algorithm they can do dmca takedowns based on algorithms and and those suck and they're not well implemented but uh the the streaming future is here no matter how you slice it so uh there's too much moneyed interests to be able to unwind that all right. Uh, well, that that was our our heavy news. <laughs> uh, you know, just a quick footnote: uh, Cyberpunk twenty seven seven sold thirteen million copies as of from launch to today. That includes the people who returned their copies. Sorry, Ramos. We know that you uh, played too much of your game, so you're not allowed to return it. Oh snap! Uh, <laughs> he he tried to do the whole like, oh, I want to return this because it's not what I. I bought, but like, but I've rain. played for sixty hours. They should cut right. it off the second that you uh, customize your genitalia. Once you do that, you can't have your money back. I don't know, man. It, it, I think it's a game-breaking bug if my wiener is sticking out of my pants without my pants unzipped. I mean, that That's sounds like okay. a feature to me, but you know, different strokes for different folks, yeah. right? Uh, we're not talking about the stroke man, stroke man. <laughs> I'm going to have a stroke at this rate. Um, We've got 911 on speed dial. And also a crazy one here. Among Us had almost half a billion active users on Steam in November. Half a billion. That's great. Damn. 500 million. The, those guys were making a sequel because the first game was dead for them. And then one well-known streamer decided to play this thing like they 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 got the jackpot and, and good for them like they oh, were yeah. just a small group of people and they they seem nice enough from what they uh were seen at in the game awards so you know more power to them uh rub off some of that luck on me please <laughs> wait you want them to rub off on you if they are able to transfer their luck onto me by doing so. They can rub off on me oh, as much God. as they like. This this took a turn. <laughs> I'm getting us out of here. How didn't you get that package? It was mailed weeks ago. Not a very Merry Christmas for anybody. Yeah. We'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you.
Welcome back, everybody. We are back, back with the Backlog Blog, where we play games that went 1.0 this year, but somehow still managed to get 100 hours of gameplay from. Uh, no, we're not talking about Hades this year, uh, for today. This week. Uh, Alec. Just today. I mean, we can. Alec brought with us uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Now, I, I did see you play this for a few minutes on Extra Life, and my only comments were really... This is kind of neat. And then, two, <laughs> I am getting motion sickness, just like you guys are moving oh, around so quickly. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, you spin. didn't even see us while we were drunk then. He did <laughs> no, not. I did not. We did. So, Alex and I definitely got motion sickness from this. Deep Rock Galactic. <laughs> it's a first-person shooter, minor, roguelike, mm -hmm. in a way, uh, game. You go through the... Uh, you have a mission you go down to hoxies for the most wild and crazy planet in the solar system and you're a bunch of dwarves you mine the ore and you or whatever you're supposed to do collect eggs kill dreadnoughts and get out if you die well you go back to the space station and get to do it all over again if you call the drop pod and don't make it back within the allotted time, you go back to the drop pod, but you failed the mission. <laughs> Two questions. Uh, yeah. Is there Mithril? Uh, not game? that I've come across yet, Mithril. but they're constantly putting in updates. I'll have to suggest that to the devs. Okay. Number two, if you did too greedily and too deep, do you find a Balrog? You know, I have tried so hard, but I end up just falling off the map. No. The, All right. All right. the terrain is randomly generated for a mm. specific area, and it is completely destructible. See, that that's the kind of stuff I like to hear about. And that that's actually one of the things that interests me, is the idea that you can kind of carve your own path to try to solve the puzzle or, or complete the level. Yeah. Uh, does it really feel like that freeform that you can kind of go anywhere and, and make your own ways to go about? Absolutely. We um, So every dwarf has a support item, a primary mm. weapon, a secondary weapon, and a travel tool. Okay. As there are four main things that have resources, and every dwarf has a pickaxe. Because what's a dwarf without a pickaxe? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Um. So you've got uh, your scout, for example. They start off with a um, assault rifle and a sawed-off shotgun for their weapons. <laughs> okay. Their travel tool is a zip line or a, a, a grappling gun. Mm -hmm. So you've got a limited range on that, but you can shoom, go wherever you're going. And their utility is a flare gun. Every, all the dwarves have flares, but the flare gun gives significant amount of light for a longer period of time. But if you've got ore that you need to get that's way up on a wall, well, if you're playing by yourself, you can, mine, you can make your way up there by pickaxing all the way along until you get up or you can take 
some risks, zip line yourself up there and try to dig a hole or grappling hook your way up there. Try to dig a hole that you're going to land into. Dig a hole, dig a hole, dig a hole. your death. Dig a hole, dig a hole. Dig a hig. hole. <laughs> We're dwarfs and we dig a hole. But I, I can't think of another game where I've gotten even close to this amount of replayability to it. So so tell me, uh, d- does this play out in like individual matches or, or like is it like you choose a map and, and then like a scenario or is it like a, a straightforward story where you're going through the different levels? How is it structured? So it is choose a map and scenario. You, there's no PvP or anything. Okay. Depending upon who you ask. Officially, there's no PvP, but the uh, the driller there's, has C4, so, so there's there's be. plenty of there's plenty of griefing. That's what it sounds <laughs> like. Yeah, the, it, uh, everybody takes damage. You the the beasties damage other beasties, and mm-hmm. the dwarves can damage other dwarves. Okay, all right. And so yeah, you've got uh, a terminal that you can select a mission, and it'll have certain ones that you have to do to progress unlock a secondary weapon Mm -hmm. uh get your promotion your dwarves have ranks and they can go up to rank 25 before they need a promotion and then start all over again yeah okay all right um so i I want to know about the customizable elements of the characters because we didn't get to see any of that when you guys were playing everything else seems pretty like straightforward to me but that that's where i want to know how much money can i drop into this game Oh, well, you can... Uh, how much money can you want? Let, let me go to the store page and actually see. <laughs> and so it, all of the stuff that you can buy is purely cosmetic. Uh-huh. This game does not have anything you can't unlock that's not cosmetic. Uh, and then I take it like you can complete these harder tier like quests to get more of the in-game currency or some type of currency to buy those yep. items too? Yep, okay. in-game currency is used to buy the items to unlock uh, overclocks, which are major changes to your primary and secondary weapons. Mm. Uh, clean, unstable, and uh, clean, balanced, and unstable overclocks. The clean ones don't really change any amount of your gameplay. Um, uh, balanced changes it a little bit. There's some trade-offs. And um, unstable completely changes the way your weapon functions. The, cl- the dwarf that I typically play is the engineer. And you start off with a grenade launcher. Who doesn't love a grenade launcher? Right. <laughs> and typically those, uh, as it's done, is you. it's got a lobbed trajectory arc of a grenade launcher, and it does massive AoE. The current overclock that I'm using for it is called Rocket Fuel, and it has, instead of having an arc, it basically just super propels that grenade and it does it eliminates the blast radius for it because you've packed so much into the propellant but it does massive single target damage 
Okay. Do, the grenades, do, do they explode on impact, or do they have a bit of a bounce before you explode? The grenade launchers, yes. The different grenades that each dwarf has depends on the grenade. Okay. All right. All right. Um, if uh, if you were to recommend somebody play this, what, what, what would you suggest in terms of uh, one... I assume you want to play this with a group of people you know. Right? Usually, yeah. Um, two, who would you recommend to start with, like, from a character standpoint, and why? Mm. I would recommend anybody but the Driller. <laughs> <laughs> the Driller has very limited range, and sometimes that can save your bacon. Uh, okay. The scout is fantastic for mobility. Uh, engineer has turrets, so it's great if you're playing by yourself or with a smaller group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gunner is pretty balanced all around. Has it, They've got a Gatling gun. They've all got their pros and cons. Uh, the Gatling gun takes time to spin up and then narrow its target, your, its massive spray to start with. So it's just kind of finding the one that you like and playing with it, but realistically, you're going to play all the dwarves eventually and just Mm -hmm. keep going. Mm -hmm. The way that they keep you playing is you get those overclocks after you've hit 25, rank 25 Mm -hmm. on any dwarf, and you get the deep dives, which are three chain missions in a row. Okay. Those reset weekly, no daily quests. (laughs) Uh, and any cosmetics that you purchase with in-game currency are only for the dwarf you purchased it for Mm -hmm. okay so if you get uh, the handlebar mustache for your engineer your gunner doesn't have it all right (laughs) that's how they get you that's how they get you uh i I hope complete with the twirling of the mustache (laughs) I, i am never going back to a, a pre-quarantine beard. Oh boy! <laughs> well, that that is that that is quite the uh, majestic uh, hairpiece on your face right now. <laughs> How does your wife feel about that? She actually likes it. She was okay, uh, okay. I kept telling her I wanted a big old ZZ top beard. She was like, "No, you can't do it." Now that it's yeah. here, she's kind of like, "Okay, you can keep doing it. I like it." <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, that it's a, a quarantine win right now. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, Thank you for bringing Deep Rock Galactic to the conversation today. You're making me want to play it. How do you feel about having a novice <laughs> with you? Oh, man. They're the best. I love... Uh, I will open up my games to pugs. The community is fantastic. Okay. Um, I'll open my game up to pugs, you know, and I've never had a problem. I will sometimes hop in with... I'm no by no means do I have the most gameplay on this. Mm-hmm. But I will take and hop into missions that have low levels or green beards. And, uh, <laughs> that's yeah, the, commu- that's well, the community you, lingo. <laughs> your starting account rank is green beard. Oh, that makes okay. sense. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, we uh, go in, help the green beards walk, go through missions. Because you can, I mean, contrary to like World of Warcraft, where you can have somebody just carry you through dungeons. Right. You can sit there and do nothing and still complete the mission if somebody else is doing it. 
Mm-hmm. But you can't just carry it with somebody who's been playing forever and not do anything. It's still a co-op game. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's let's plan a time where you can put me through the ringer on this a little bit. I, I'm curious. I'm Absolutely. curious enough to want to try it. Uh, you currently stream Mondays? I do. Okay. Okay. Let's let's arrange a Monday where I join you and we can fumble around with it a bit. You have to do it through Steam. Unfortunately, they do not have... Uh... Cross-platform with... It. I was looking at it on, on Game Pass, and you can either do Game Pass with Xbox and vice versa, but you can't do it with Steam, so... Right, because it uh, realize, okay. it uses the account management built into the platform yeah. that you're using. Hmm. But it's on sale right now on Steam for 30% off. Hashtag ad. Yeah, yeah that's what I was looking at. I'm... Okay, we're going to... You, you know what, Joel? Hey, are we friends on... Uh... We're not. What's, what's your what's your name <laughs> on, on Steam? You save that for <laughs> later. <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss later. All right. Uh Anyway, uh, we're going to move on to from a game you love to a game that you told us you're you're less enthusiastic about. Uh, the three of us started Nino Cooney Wrath of the White Witch, which is originally a PlayStation 3 game. It got ported to the Switch. It was about $15 on sale on the eShop. I, it might still be on the eShop there uh, on sale. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. How far have you guys gotten? Uh, I got to the point where you get transported to the new world. You go to Ding Dong Dell, there's yeah. a guard who's uh, <laughs> uh, all enthusiastic, unenthusiastic. Then you have to go to the wooded forest to uh, defeat some sort of monster. Yeah, I heard you don't really like uh, Treebeard. He gave you nightmares. <laughs> I love Treebeard. He looks like a duck. Yeah, he's got That's duck what's face. creepy about him. That's what's wrong with him. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at least the the great Deku tree in Ocarina of Time just looks like a tree with a face. <laughs> you know, it's it's the duck. Were you face expecting that, like that an end here? Yes. No. All all tree creatures should be. This ends. is Studio Ghibli. You're not gonna get your <laughs> your end. Oh, the, I I am of two minds. I don't completely despise the game. It's fun. It's entertaining. I love the art. Yes. But dear God, I want to have more than five minutes of gameplay between every twenty-minute cutscene. See that I agree with you on. So so far, it is it's almost oppressive, like how many times they pause the gameplay for you, and either tutorialize something, or go through a cutscene, or go through a bunch of dialogue. And it might be just because we're in the early hours of it, and they haven't opened it up for us yet. But holy cow, it's just, it, it's it's Metal Gear Solid 4 levels of taking you out of the gameplay <laughs> and, and making well, you sit let's, through something. let's take a step back. Again, this is a JRPG with the artwork from Studio Ghibli, so if they didn't at least try and capitalize on the storytelling element, I personally would be more disappointed. I agree that I don't it is know, slower going in the beginning, uh, but that's like... <laughs> Most JRPGs, especially back at that time, that generation, if you crack yeah. open a Dragon Age, you're gonna get the uh, Dragon Age, uh, Dragon Quest, you're gonna get the same experience. So yeah, but for the first two hours, half of it being cutscenes. 
I don't think... Well, you know what? I, I played around more when I got to the first open area, so it didn't feel as oppressive as uh, mm-hmm. as it sounds like you're saying. But I, oh, the- I just got to the, the forest that connects the first area to the second area, and I've been messing around in there for like half an hour trying to level up. But that's no. Nah, I just I found the cat back in the real world. Ah, so and okay. I, but it's like okay, go back to the real world. Walk five steps. Cutscene. Yeah, the the real world sucks. Yeah, pretty um, much. There, there's some there's some sort of message underlined that somewhere. But, but yeah, the real world like so far at least it's been just you're walking around a neighborhood, going to waypoints to trigger a conversation back and forth and the magic world or whatever you want to call it that's where the battling comes from and i'm sorry alec you're wanting to say something yeah i do i want to go back before it goes too far away okay, with go yeah. your comparison getty to dragon quest so dragon quest this is like saying that because we expect studio ghibli to have this capitalization on storytelling that because Dragon Quest VIII has Akira Toriyama's artwork, we should expect seven hours of yelling at the first boss. No, not that. Not, not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because it's a JRPG at the time, and still some of the games now, there is like a history of this is what you should expect. So buckle up and get ready for it. Oh God, I'm not playing any more JRPGs. <laughs> But you're right, Daddy. Even Persona Five has this. Exactly. Where, like, you, you sit through a few hours of being funneled into specific actions, and it is it is a tutorial, and they're trying to gamify the tutorial, or at least like give you little breadcrumbs of what you'll be doing. But it, it is it is time consuming. It's slow. Uh, I'm going to be hanging on to it and keep pushing through because I see the threads of things I like. So the battle system is is pretty sound so far. Uh, it, it's this sort of like free roaming area that you can run around in. So there's an opportunity to try to dodge attacks uh, in the middle of engaging attacks. The familiar system that they added uh, or have to it, I'm really interested to see where that develops and grows into because so far at least you're just choosing one person or being to play as, right? between being so far, Oliver yeah. and a familiar. And, and I'm interested or curious to see if they ever expand that out to being like a multi-person party instead. Based off the equip screen, I'm thinking they're gonna. Okay. I have two right, of the little familiar guys right now. Okay, I, but are you still choosing one at a time to play as? Yes. Okay, all right. That's... I mean that's fine, you know. It's it's not going to be a deal breaker for me, but it's it's interesting how you sort of swap between the familiars, which have their own unique stamina bars, but they share the same life and mana bars as you. So you still have to be mindful of that as you're swapping in between Oliver and him. And usually it's like a, a it's usually like a strategy to like start with the familiar for me, get your attacks in. If you feel like he's didn't too much health down, switching to Oliver to do a magic attack, maybe blast a fireball or something like that to knock out an enemy uh, to end it early. But I don't know. How do you guys feel about the, the fighting? I overall like it. I've got some complaints. Like, 
I don't understand why when my familiar's out, Oliver can't cast healing touch. Yeah. If it's I... his own life, he could just be like, eh, eh. Yeah. I'm healed. Touch <laughs> myself good. <laughs> it's really rubbing off on you. <laughs> oh, everybody's rubbing off here. Uh, uh, you know, one complaint I had was that, so it's a spree motion area, so you're running around with a stick, but then you also have to use the radial menu to pick attack or defend <laughs> or spells. So I, I ended up like holding the the stick with my index finger while I was moving for those motions in order to use my thumb to pick the the different menu option. It's this really uncomfortable kind of claw feel you have to do uh, on the left what side. Are you, what are you doing? A strange look. <laughs> I'm playing. Can, can't you use the right stick left and right to uh, I didn't, use the radio menu? I didn't think you could. What can are you, you doing? I, th- <laughs> I thought you could. Joel, what the hell is, this going be, is this is this gonna be one of those moments where you, you explain to me that like there there's a dodge in Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta equip dodge roll. <laughs> uh, oh, so speaking I, that, of that'll, equipping that'll never things, stop being fucking man, stupid. I'm sorry. I don't into I I like the idea of the punch card thing for doing quests and helping people out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I do not like the idea of that to unlock game mechanics like jumping. Yeah. I, but I don't think jumping actually has any impact in the game. It it does because there are places that are blocked by vases in Ding Dang Dong. Ding Dong Dell. What is it? Ding Ding Dong Dell. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In Ding Dong Dell that have chests behind them that I can't find any other way to get to, so I must have to jump over the vase, right? Mm. I don't know. There might be other ways to unlock it later. Uh, You're right on the edge of getting into the sewer. Uh, When I was in the sewer, I could not find a way to get around one of the fences, like uh, one of the gates... And there's a treasure chest on the other side of it. So I think that there might be, and I don't know because I'm still playing this game for the first time like you guys, but the rock entity at the beginning of the dungeons, I don't know if that has something to do with it or if there's some Mm. other thing that that is going to happen later in the game where you can have access to different uh, stuff based on the characters or even the magic because your magic spellbook is huge and uh, you're just barely scratching the surface even by playing for four or five hours it's uh, not even close to being complete so i think that spells are also going to play a bigger role in it than than but that. speaking of the spells i feel like they missed the perfect ex- opportunity to minigame some of this you mean with the drawing of patterns yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean i loved magical star sign for the ds and you were drawing sigils <laughs> all over that the stylus uh-huh yeah it, you know it uh it kind of reminds me you mentioned that kind of reminds you a little bit of uh infamous second sun uh-huh. There were these parts where you had the spray paint and, and do graffiti, and I think you holding had to, the like, PlayStation press controller, them. like yes, shaking it yeah, up and shake down, shaking it like a can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep, you know, shake your switch. <laughs> I mean, even, even if they did it something like the tagging in Jet Set Radio, where you kind of had to make a vague motion, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And I understand that if 
pe- some people would hate it if you had to do it every time you cast a spell. But yeah, you know, maybe do it just for overworld things or big important things. Or if you do it in combat, make something special happen. Or, Critical or like, cure. They could still implement that via. Um joystick you know it's just that they have to find some way to pause the action while you're doing it and like you said like maybe give a benefit like you get a power boost if you actually do the motion rather than just pitching it through a menu option or reduced mp usage or something yeah yeah that is kind of a missed opportunity um i I will say that uh i am going to keep playing uh i think daddy sounds like he's going to keep playing yeah we can do more checkings here Alec is, gonna play, Alec is going to play Deep Rock Galactic yeah, and listen later about how we feel about it. <laughs> uh, but I, it's it's left a positive first impression for me just because it is this whimsical child's tale with this really uh, fantastic music that suits the theme well. Uh, visually, the characters look wonderfully distinct and Daddy Lace said Studio Ghibli. I, I do feel like some of the backgrounds when you're in the larger overworld feel more like standard fair graphics instead yeah. of being that same style, which I, I don't have to say it bothers me, but it's noticeable. You know, it's very noticeable. That's a fact. Um, I'm just excited about Mr. Drippy. Good old Drippy. <laughs> I like Mr. Drippy. Even, I... his, even his dumb <laughs> accent. I, I liked all of it. I, yeah, I like Mr. Trippy and his dumb accent. It, it's a terrible Scottish accent, and I kind of love it. <laughs> That's the charm. It's just so stupid. <laughs> and also, like, it's just, it's so weird. I can't think of any other time I've seen subtitles include the weird pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Right. <laughs> You're. <laughs> the way he says man. Man. Mun. Yeah. <laughs> what you gonna cry about your mum for, Mun? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think we'll stop it there for Nino Cooney. Uh, I think, like Daddy said, the two of us at least will probably check in. Alex did say that he got it as well. I get the sense we're going to be outpacing him on this game for a while, given the whole baby situation. Uh, Daddy, I mean, it'll be babies sleep a lot in that first trimester. That's true. I think I played all of Destiny 1 with you guys uh, with a baby in tow. So now that, <laughs> there that are... was a good, uh, what did Alex call it, a baby game? Because you could yes. do it piecemeal, just like hop in for a strike and then bail. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Deep Rock Galactic. There you go. Yes, also that. Yep, you just got to dip the, the hooks into them. Yeah. Daddy, I think it's going to be you and me fighting for the beat list this year. Do you want I'm... to? I... I didn't want to turn it into a competition. I just want to play games. Hmm. <laughs> How well, about? And that's why you're not winning, Getty. I'm not. <laughs> no, no, that's no, that's that's not true. He's just got the inertia of someone who just consumes games so wholly that it, there's there's just no chance of keeping up. But uh, I will be curious to see what clip of completions we have compared to Alex. Thank you.
Okay, uh, so that was Backlot Blog. Uh, it does appear that we've got another segment, and this is a segment we're calling Snake Games. Yes. Uh, we just want to uh, touch upon some Snake Games in honor of Alex, uh, dearly departed Alex, <laughs> <laughs> that we, we're we not sure if we're going to get to play Snake Games anytime soon, but, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about some Snake Games. What do you think, guys? What uh, what snake games do you remember fondly playing with Alex? What's a snake Stick game? Stick fight. <laughs> okay, so I'm not I'm not gonna give you the Merriam-Webster definition, yeah. but snake game is basically dumb multiplayer game that Alex brings out at parties that that you've never probably... heard of. You have no idea that it exists, and then yeah. afterwards uh, you have a taste for it. Yes. Uh, uh, chicken cow horse or whatever that was. <laughs> cow chicken horse? What is that one? Oh. Yeah. Uh, what the hell is it? Correct ultimate chicken horse? Ultimate yeah, chicken ultimate horse. chicken horse. Yes, ultimate chicken horse. Yeah, yeah, That that's a good one. And, and that's the perfect kind of example of it because it's such a simple thing. It's a multiplayer versus platformer. But the chaos of the different items that you have each turn implanting into the background and the whole, like, you can't have everybody crossing the finish line because nobody gets points, if that's the case. Yep. You know, the, they, they implement the horse concept so well onto a platformer on it. But it's, it's such a dumb little game. It's, it's just a simple little game with silly noises and, and animations when you die and... And weird Dumbs obstacles. Up. Weird obstacles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Daddy, you said stick fight, which I think is another great Yeah, example. and that was, Does for that me, the, the original stick... snake game. Was that the one with the stick figures where you're running around from screen to screen throwing stuff yeah, at each other? There's, yep. there's four yeah, there's four characters. Yeah, you got the guns that are completely obnoxious and uh, other just elements of the environment that... it is crazy like the the pieces of land that are, are the little platforms that are held up by chains so when somebody starts mm. shooting their gun it like it starts to clip all of the chains and people are yes. falling and fighting to see who's <laughs> going to be the last one alive and the, the snake bazooka that just fires a giant <laughs> oh, yes. snake uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it it attacks you indiscriminately so you better yes. hope that whoever you shot it at dies before before you do <laughs> One of the things I love about the chaos in that game is you mentioned, like, there are parts where basically you're blasting every place you can stand on. So some of these levels, the winner will be just the one that falls last off the platform, you know, and is able to just hang on long enough on the screen to win. But that that one is definitely a case of just a chaos generator and the fun in that. Uh, For me, Alex made me play a game called Screen Sheet before. I'm not sure if he had you guys play that. Uh, all I don't have it. I was on the okay. list. Okay, so you you guys know back in the day when you played Goldeneye, uh, the four players split screen, and people would be like, "Don't don't look at my screen. You're cheating. Don't screen cheat." Yeah. I had a I had a friend who went as far as to try to create a divider <laughs> with just with blankets, <laughs> so so we had our own sides. Uh, yeah, he, he was hardcore. Uh, but this game explicitly leans on that. So there's like there's no map. 
uh, and there's no telling where the other people on the map are at. The only way you figure out how to find somebody is looking at their screen and then seeing where they're at in the map and trying to track them down that way. Oh, man. So, so it creates this really neat thing of, like, one, you know, the better you know the map, the better chance you have of winning. Two, you get these fun moments where you get the jump on somebody and then it just turns to, like, a friend to trying to run away from each other's stuff. And three, there's, like, decent variety of weapons to sort of toy around and, and you know, mess with other people, too. So it is it is one of those things where, like the other ones, it's best with many people, but the concept is really neat and novel. I like it. I need to play that one oh, yeah. of these days. Yeah, I need to play that as well. Yeah, it, it's, it surprised me. Like, it was one of those games where I, I looked at it on the screen and I was like, this is going to be dumb. <laughs> but <laughs> it actually turned out to be pretty fun. All right, uh, let's move on to one last thing. Uh, as this tradition, since I'm the host, I'll start. And I'm going to start by saying, hey, Alex, I'm going to play Undertale. And I'm going to talk about it on NetSuite's episode while you're not here. Wait, for real? Suck it. For real? Because I, I haven't beaten that yet. I, you know, I'll, I'll get down on this. I'll uh, go back and uh-huh. play some. It's, it's okay. a good game. It's a real good game. It's an experience, man. Yeah. All right, yeah. We're, we're going to knock it out so he can't shame me anymore. For that. I mean, he, right. he's still going to shame you. And hopefully he listens right. to this and gets, like, real upset like he was already messaging in the, the chat today. That, that's the hope right yeah. there. <laughs> just just shameless trolling. Telling me I'm going to wreck uh, the episode before we even record it. <laughs> he's just got... He's just trying to get rid of your yips. Mm-hmm. He's giving himself mm-hmm. yips. <laughs> uh, Alec, how about you? Oh, I've got so many things to play, but I am not going to do any of it because I'm on Christmas vacation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Now, you're not going to do it because you're on Christmas vacation and you're relaxing, or you're on Christmas vacation so you're extra busy right now? Extra busy because children. Yes. Go. Children okay. means you. any free time you had is not free anymore. I, I just wanted to make sure. I, I'm with you there. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I, I didn't know if you had some magic secret to finding free time that I wasn't aware of. No. No. All right, Daddy, how about you? Um... Yeah, I have to work, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I, I get it. Like, it's great. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve, so after I finish working, I'll come home and I'll get Friday off. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not it's not enough time. It's never enough time for all of the, all of the festivities. So I will probably play some Nino Kuni. Um, and, uh, mm. I, on Alex's, maybe not beque- behest, but on my own decision, got Yakuza like a dragon. So I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that so that I can finally figure out what a piss wizard is because he just <laughs> constantly like, man, you oh, gotta he- beat those piss wizards. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds rad. <laughs> He is on that piss wizard. Yeah. Like uh, he, he's like sharing screenshots and and bringing it up. It, it, he he has a compulsion for piss wizards. <laughs> are those going into destiny? Are they on the yellow moon? 
Uh, I guess they'd have to be. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that'll be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where Alec is here with us every Monday playing Deep Rock the Lat Ditch. I'm going to probably shamelessly join him at some point here soon because he's piqued my interest. I am playing Hollow Knight with Kelly every Tuesday and having a lot of fun with that. Also doing Kingdom Hearts on Saturday. I swear, I think we're close to the end now. I finally beat the bastard. Uh, But it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I had to come back there. It's like you've never played an action RPG before. Uh, I, I apparently haven't, or it's been too long. I think the last action RPG I played was uh, Dirge of Cerberus on PlayStation 2. The last PlayStation 2 hey, one I Joel, played. remember how uh, we were talking about like long openings? Are you guys going to move no. on to Kingdom Hearts 2 after that? Yeah. 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 Do, we need, do we need to like reserve like two hours of time for the first one? It's a, it's a long opening. Longer? Like real long. Mm. Like comically long. Mm. Okay. Like, well, maybe. go go look up MC Chris's Kingdom Farts on YouTube, <laughs> and that'll help you understand how long well, it is. Well, now I'm gonna have to because you've you've piqued my curiosity. Oh yeah. That. Oh man. Okay. All right. I gotta mentally prepare myself. I mean, I love that, that game. It's just that opening, bro. <laughs> oh, <no>. It's long. <laughs> That's okay. Or did get through this? <laughs> if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide us a review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. Uh, like us, subscribe to us, rate us, share us with your friends, scrawl it on your bathroom wall at your workplace once you are able to go back to work. Uh, spread the I mean, news. I'll do that because I, I'm still going in, but I think they'll know yeah. it's me. Yeah, make it make it a part of the required work for the performance management. That that's the way to do it. There you go, performance management, PMT, performance management tool. You must listen to Super GG Radio. Yes. Thanks for listening. Good game, Daddy. GG. Good game, Alec, and thanks for joining us this week. GG. It's glad to be here. Good night, everybody. Good night.